Your sensors are correct. Do not adjust your heading. Your heading. You've discovered the Omega Particle. Streaming to the Alpha Quadrant and beyond. 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 Here's your host. The anchorman of the Federation. The doctor of Dilithium. This is Jonathan Wiegand. Welcome to the Omega Particle Podcast. I'm your anchorman of the Federation, the guiding beacon of light in these troubled, troubled times. Why are eggs so expensive? Oh, because an avian flu killed hundreds of millions of chickens. Great. (laughs) Well, I'm still kind of sick, so if you had that on your 2023 bingo card, you can check that square. Avian flu, yep, and a cold, yep. Thank you all so much for your uh, well wishes. I am feeling a lot better, and we are back. We are unmasking the Breen, not the Breen, the Breen, which is like B R E E N, um, not brain, which my computer wanted to auto correct a million times. Um, this will be a two part series on the Breen because I just feel like there's so much to explore, and I don't want this to be an hour and a half long episode. Because that would be a monster marathon of Trek. And this is like deep cut Trek. Like I was talking to some of my buddies today. I was like, oh, I'm uh, talk, talking about the breed. They're like, what are you going to do for your next episode? I'm like, oh, I'm doing this series on the breed. And they go, what's that? And I go, it's a kind of a villainous race. They go, oh, never heard of them. I'm like, have you watched DS9? They're like, no. I'm like, well, that's why. <laughs> so it's it's a very... Yeah, I guess you, we'll just call it a deep cut. It's a deep cut of Star Trek's most mysterious villain and uh, quote-unquote species, group of species, as we'll learn. Casual person might not know. So if you're a casual fan, welcome. Um, this is probably one of the coolest to me um, and mysterious species out there. They're not a heavy hitter, you know, like the Romulans or the Klingons or you know the Borg. These are... Um, cats that we just really don't know too much about. So this episode, we're really going to dive deep into kind of what we know and what we have learned about them. Very much like a sociology major, we're going to look at their actions and kind of kind of split that apart because that's all you really can do with these people. And then next week, we're going to go more into the more the formal timeline, how the Federation and the Romulan Empire and the Klingons dealt with the Breen. But today, we're going to just see who they are. What do they believe? I mean, what do they look like? We don't know, but we're going to talk about it. (laughs) And I get the the biggest thing I hear about the Breen is that the Star Wars Leia helmet, they look like, you know, from Return of the Jedi, they look like Leia. And I'm like, of course they do. What do you, I mean, it's undeniable. It's like the person, the costume designer who was making the Breen were like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to just directly copy from Return of the Jedi. Great. Well, anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm just rambling, but I love it. And that's why we're here, folks, because we love Star Trek. And we're going to be deep diving into things you may not necessarily know about. So, um, again, next week's a more formal timeline. This week's more kind of learning just the laying the foundation for the house we're going to build next week. But always remember, rate, review, and subscribe. And Luna, let's light this candle. Fun will now commence. So today, I just kind of want to get into 
how awesome I think the breed are. Um, I kind of just recently completed, um, you know, for research for the show, I'll pick out maybe like five or six episodes. And I'm like, okay, these are good highlights. And majority of them were DS9. And I, I just think the the Breen are just one of these brilliant creations that they came up with. I mean, it has such deep storytelling potential that I, I'm just going to go and say it. I think that these, these Breen, is that even, I don't know how inclusive that is, but the Breen, that's better, <laughs> my Appalachian uh, education, the Breen are going to be a main bad guy in a future Star Trek show. I'm just calling it now. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. But first things first, let's let's talk about their Breen, their design, kind of their overall concept. Um, I personally love their design. They don't look like anything else in the Star Trek universe. And it's kind of really beyond that standard, like plastic, heavy makeup, forehead, you know, craziness that we see. And they're not these reptilian like warriors, you know, they, they have to have their special mud hot tub that we saw on TNG. And um, I just think they're really unique. So, I mean, yeah, they have this kind of re- really unique helmet, kind of almost inhuman. I mentioned it and kind of was joking with it at the beginning of the episode, how they kind of reminded me of Princess Leia from Return of the Jedi. And it's almost like a direct copy. Like somebody's like, what's your homework, bro? It's like, uh, I got North America for six. It's like, okay, I'll put... USA for six, so it doesn't look like we cheated. That's exactly what they did with the Breen. But just think about it. In all of Star Trek, it's been going for 50 plus years. There's not a race or people that are this mysterious. Like I said, we don't even know what they look like. We have no, no one has ever seen a Breen, which we'll get into it. But, and then plus they have like these strange, like distorted voices that, I mean, seems like something's a little bit odd. So, like, in Deep Space Nine, when the Breen are talking to the Dominion, they have, like, this robotic voice, and you don't really hear them ever speak English at any point. You just hear them go, rawr, rawr. but I guess, you know, the Founders and the Cardassians and, like, the Vorta, they, I guess they got that, that program in their Universal Translators to understand them, because we have no idea what's going on. It's just that weird Charlie Brown teacher kind of voice. Um, also, they're, like, super tall. And I, I was just kind of looking through the episodes. It was like, okay, they're really tall. They're the tallest characters. And they're really strong. So not only are they mysterious, they're just mountains of of being. I, I was a mountain of a man, but we don't they're not man. So they're a mountain of this this formidable foe. I mean, there's a very quick scene in an episode of DS9 where Worf and Ezri have been captured. And there's this little bit where they take Ezri away and do something to her. And then Worf tries to, like, go toe-to-toe with one of them. Worf does that classic, like, Star Trek double fist, like, hi-ya, like, karate chop. And a Breen just, like, barely recognizes the hit at all. And he just, like, punches Worf straight in the face, lays him out in one hit. So it's just, like, pretty clear the Breen are pretty pretty tough and kind of surprisingly strong. but also. Like in terms of their everything, their design of their spacecraft, it doesn't really fall in to that Star Trek cliche, just like all the other, I mean, designs that we see in Star Trek, usually very heavy makeup on the face. And then even for talking about spaceships, you know, it's pretty just the simple, like asymmetrical, you have the big, you know, ship in the middle and the two nacelles, and it kind of copies that 
like a bird motif, like a lot of the Klingon ships and Romulan ships. And so even the Jem'Hadar had that, which I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh yeah, they, they kind of do resemble and follow that same motif as the other great villains. But um, the Breen don't have that. I mean, they just have a lot of really cool features and their weaponry is kind of out of this world, for lack of a better pun. Um, they can completely disable enemy ships in one hit. And in Deep Space Nine, they have to do this whole, like, workaround for this weapon that can take out ships in one hit. And it takes them, like, a freaking long time. And it's in just so we see this incredibly powerful, battle-minded race. And it just really makes their opponents or their foes feel like sitting ducks. You know, this energy-draining weapon that they're known for, the Breen have, they're known for. It's just this level of viciousness that you really don't see, you know, in Klingons or the Jem'Hadar or, or these warrior races or these tough, physical, you know, villains in Star Trek. You kind of don't see that, like, in anywhere else. So this is really... Um, I mean, you could make the argument, you know, the, the Borg are kind of relentless. They're just like never-ending, pound you, pound you, pound you. And uh, the Romulans, you know, they're the schemers. They're behind the scenes. They never want to be up front. Um, a lot of conspiracy whispers. And so there's there's really not this big bully, you know, that we have. Um, we thought it was the Dominion. And then the Federation kind of out-schemes and outthinks them. But now you have the Breen, who are smart, but also have the the actual physical and firepower to compete. I mean, and this kind of goes exactly into DS9 and spoilers for DS9 if you've never seen it, because I don't know, you just haven't had the time in the 30 years since it's been out. Um, I'm just coming sassy, just coming at you hard today. So, I mean, even in the Dominion War, it was like completely turned the tide of the war. If you remember towards like the end of Deep Space Nine or kind of the middle of season seven, um, the Dominion were losing ground and they were kind of like walking on their heels, taking some steps back um, after the Romulans joined the war, you know, and and that was a pale in the moonlight one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever. Probably do a Trek roundtable at some point on that episode. Just chef's kiss. If you haven't watched any DS9, just go watch that one episode in the pale moonlight. But okay, back to the Dominion War. And so, you, you know, the Romulans joined the side of the Federations and the Klingons. And they were kind of, I mean, they were in really bad shape before the Romulans. They helped in. The Romulans kind of turned the tide of the war a little bit. And the Dominion were backtracking. And all of a sudden, the Breed come in. Guns a-blazing, heavy-handed. And you know what? It completely did exactly what the Romulans did times like 50. And that, to me, just implies... And kind of what I just mentioned for the past five or six minutes, like the Breen are powerful. They can fully match wits with the Romulan Empire, which is pretty darn impressive in my book. Like the Romulans, you don't want to mess with and these cats can go toe to toe. And so again, like we have all of these fleshed out villains in Star Trek and then you have the Breen just doing crazy things and we know nothing about them. They're turning tides of war. They have weapons that can like shut down a ship in a single blast and then going on to like they even had a direct attack against earth they basically do a raid and take out starfleet headquarters in san francisco which is kind of insane if you think about it because they're able to get through the to like the heart of the federation and they're able to get around all the ses uh sensor nets and avoid like all the patrols and all these kind of wild stuff like that we have in jupiter on the moon and and they're just able to plow right through there destroy Starfleet headquarters, hit us right 
a pinprick right in the heart. And not even the board could do that. Look at uh, Wolf 359. Like, yeah, the Federation lost 11,000 ships in that battle. But at the end of the day, the Enterprise and Starfleet was able to stop the Borg from ever reaching Earth. And I may not be fully versed in all, like, Star Trek lore, but I think this is one of the only kind of villains that really hit the Federation hard like this. I don't think there's ever been one like this, to be honest. Um, Especially on Earth. You know, Earth is, like, kind of this protected heart of the Federation. You're never going to touch it. And then the Breen come in, you know, and they say they lost half their fleet, demoralized their fleet. But, I mean, it kind of just shows again the like this fanaticism with them, you know, like that they're going to do whatever it takes to take out their enemy, no matter what it calls for, no matter how the well-being of their troops are going to do it. And it reminds me of the Battle of Verdun, all my World War I history buffs out there, that it's a war of attrition. It's like we're like Germany said, we're going to bleed France dry. That's what they did. And it was one of the demoralizing and worst battles in all of World War I history. So a little history lesson for you there. But uh, that's kind of what it reminded me with the Breen. It was like, we're going to go after the enemy no matter what. Honestly, like, and if you think about it, um, I mean, they this major power that the Breen are, these formidable warriors. I mean, if, I mean, if they took on... Um, the Klingons and Romulans, you know, the whole Federation by themselves. Of course, they couldn't, you know, defeat all of them. And they had the Dominion, the Cardassians helping them out. So they, they kind of had this huge Axis power being able just to pound in the Dominion War. And I mean, to me, this is what, another factor that makes the Breen so appealing and the great mystery behind them. Because we don't know anything about them. Now, we know about the Klingons, we know about the Romulans, and we know about the Cardassians and the Dominion and et cetera, et cetera. And so we kind of can say, oh, for example, the Klingons, oh, they have a system and a hierarchy of honor. These are their values. This is what they believe. And this kind of is exactly why they act that way out in space. And But we don't have anything like that with the breed. Now, I mean, there are some good, like, Star Trek novels which feature the Breen. And have, I mean, if anybody has any more recommendations, or if you know any of those books, feel free to let me know and send them to me. I'd love to read them and get into them. So this is getting into everybody's favorite part. And that is getting into the mystery behind the Breen. What are they? What do they look like? Where do they come from? Etc. So, and like I mentioned before earlier in the episode, in Deep Space Nine, they mentioned no one's ever seen a Breen without a helmet on. No one knows what a Breen actually looks like. But in several episodes in Deep Space Nine, like characters kind of disguise themselves as Breen soldiers or Breen guards. And they do this by, you know, like the classic, like knock out some guards and take their armor. But kind of how is that possible if no one knows what a Breen looks like? And how are the main characters able to take the brain armor and disguise themselves without seeing what's inside? So this is something that happens. They take the armor and then somebody else mentions, oh, well, we have no idea what they look like. Um, I mean, there's a lot of speculations. There's no official canon. I mean, I think it's, to me, I think the brain, just the way they are, are so committed to kind of the secrecy of their species that like once the armor comes off, if you don't do it in the right way, it'll vaporize the body. So like, okay, brains died in battle. You go to take off the armor, 
body becomes vaporized, so no one knows what it looks like inside. Plus, like, there's like this weirdness um, surrounding their home world. So if you're watching DS9 or and you're seeing them in these full like crazy outfits and their Princess Leia helmets, you're kind of like, well, why do they have to wear that? That seems really overkill. That's an EV suit, basically. So the rumor is, is that they have to wear that armor because it's so cold on their home world and that they only can survive in, you know, warm temperatures and outside of that planet because it's so cold. So they have like the, their suits are just that cold. And I think it's even, there's a conversation between Wei Yun and Damar and Wei Yun actually says that he's been to the Breen home world and it's actually perfectly suitable for like most humanoid life. And he said it's actually quite nice and it's not cold or freezing at all. So what's going on there? So we have Wei Yun, maybe like Wei Yun 6, I don't know, talking about how the, the Breen home world is perfectly fine. It's perfectly suitable. It's not cold at all. But then, then why wear the freaking armor then, you know? I mean, I even heard a really wild, crazy theory that, you know, maybe the Breen are actually like some kind of corpse, you know, is that like this AI technology has finds corpses of all different types of species and it reanimates the corpse through like, I don't know, some advanced like neural stimulators or something. And it like makes people and it makes soldiers and, you know, and it, it kind of fits because, I mean, they really don't care about casualties in war and they're just throwing bodies at the problem, you know, I mean, they did attack planet earth so i mean there is some merit to that i'm like okay that logic fits but that doesn't mean it's true and plus no one's ever seen a brain so and plus another thing is too they really can't do a lot of manual labor it is said in ds9 that the civilization relies and requires so much slave labor and it's like okay if it requires that much labor and relies on slave labor are they just brutal dictators and and vengeful and kind of these douchebags, you know, probably they, they are very vicious, you know, to other species. So there's probably some truth to that, the viciousness behind the brain. Um, but they could be dead and they can't do it. So it's just a crazy, stupid theory. Uh, but anyway, going into another aspect of the brain, I mentioned this very quickly at the beginning, but you're a smart audience. So I, I figured you picked up on it. I was kind of going through some um, non-canon Star Trek, but I think this actually is canon now. I'm not 100% sure. There's not a lot of um, brain activity, but I think this is actually what it is now because I went through several websites. It seems like official like Star Trek websites. This is what they said, and I kind of believe it, but it started in a non-canon Star Trek um, book, and that was the novel Zero Sum Game, and I think it was a whole series, right, Luna? Yeah, from 2010 to 2012, um, there's also the book Star Trek Typhoon, Typhoon Pact by um, David Allen Back. And in these books, they establish that the Breen Confederacy is actually made up of several separate species. And all the they all wear the Breen suits to kind of disguise their species and kind of just make their identities just seamless throughout the galaxy. And, I mean, that kind of reminds me of the Zindi minus the matching suits. I mean, the Zindi had, you had the giant bug people, you have the praying mantis people, and you have the talking whales. If you haven't seen Enterprise, you're like, what are those words? 
And what is he talking about? So it's kind of just like that, I think, but with matching uniforms, which is cool. And that's also more intimidating too. You know, if everybody is the same, you don't have any, there's an air of mystery about you. It's a little bit better than kind of what the Zindi did having a presentation because then you can divide and conquer, hence how the Zindi were beaten. But my favorite aspect of bring culture is that, so do we know like, for example, in Cardassian uh, military, you know, they have leaders and they, they have all their own ranks. So like in Cardassia, you have the rank of legate. So you, you have those server ranks. And so we see in one of the last episodes of DS9 that Damar, and if you don't know, Damar is kind of like the leader of the Cardassian society and military. Um, he kind of compares his own rank of legate to a Breen, I guess, general. And so the comparison to Breen is that they're called thoughts. T-H-O-T-S, thoughts. <laughs> and I think that's funny in Sign of the Times. So you have thought gore and you have thought prawn and they're kind of given more um, leadership roles and stuff like that than the Cardassian legates. And it becomes a huge thing. And it's one of the factors that lead to Damar changing sides and leading a rebellion to free Cardassia and et cetera, et cetera. But so we have these leadership roles in the Breen called thoughts. <laughs> and I just think that's hilarious because if you don't know, thought stands for is this correct me if I'm wrong, Luna? I'm a um, early 30s male, so I don't know entirely, but it stands for that whore, right? That that hoe over there, that hoe over there. That's what thought stands for. So there's a famous meme like, begone thought. So now we can say that with the Breen, begone thought, because we don't want your villainous, uh, brutal ways, thought Breen or thought gore. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I think another area, speaking of like the Confederacy of the Breen or the Breen Confederation, is that there's different, I think, is, and this is again being kind of a sociological lens, I think there's different classes in the Breen worlds. Because as we see, a lot of soldiers seems to kind of be made up of the second class. And you have these higher class, the Thoughts, kind of on the stand backish ways on the ships, not really going into battle. And I think that really, again, shows because they rely on slave labor, number one. And number, and no, we don't know who these slaves are. They could be slaves with their own people. They could be Breen. So there's that aspect of it. Again, there's the aspect of just no care at all for the number of casualties that they do. And they just will throw whatever number they have to throw to win. And so, I mean, that kind of, to me, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, that kind of directly flies in the face of the Federation. You know, the Federation is this multicultural, like utopian faction, and everybody has guaranteed equal rights, and it champions diversity and unity and so on and so forth. And the Breen are just like these, like species-based oligarchy and do the opposite of that. I think it's a fertile story ground. I mean, you can explore civil rights within the Breen. You can explore class struggles within the Breen. Um, I think that's very relevant today. And I mean, you can even have a, I mean, I mean, it could be anything. Like I mentioned before, like you have a story about a second class Breen struggling for freedom. I mean, stuff like that, you know, it, you could do it and it doesn't erase the mystery around the Breen. I think you could strike a good balance 
you know, where you can incorporate that sense of mystery, you know, about wearing the armor and, you know, distorting the voice and so on and so forth. And sort of keeping yourself hidden, I think that kind of stuff could be incorporated into the culture somehow and kind of just really flesh out the people. In general, I mean, to me, they still fall at that second tier level, you know, with the Tholians and the Gorn. You know, they're not these big heavy hitters. They're more of kind of like roadside attractions, I think. You know, like, oh, there's a Gorn and, oh, there's a Breen. But I think, like I mentioned before, they have such a deep, rich, complex society. Like, there's that class structure that we think they have. There's the slavery aspect, you know, of enslaving their own race, possibly, which it looks like, or other races, um, and how that, you know, which ideology is better. You know, you have the Federation, obviously the Federation, but I'm saying, like, in a war like that, which side's gonna is, is ultimately going to win out. And I think that's so impactful in today's world that we could see, you know, good triumph over evil. And, and again, kind of reiterate that quote I had from last week, you know, um, when I come home from work, I don't want to um, deal with the darkness and the drama, you know, of every day going into the office, going to work, coming home, I want to watch TV and escape. And I think Star Trek's a beautiful avenue for that because we can hope for a better future not only our personal lives, but as a people and as a society, you know, where we won't have to worry about making sure everybody has the same rights or making sure everybody's equally treated and include, and we're including everybody, not excluding or, you know, demeaning anybody. I think that's a beautiful thing to hope for. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox now, but anyway, to wrap up the brain. So we, we know them as this brutal, um, vicious, just strong war. I, I guess you could call them like a warrior race. We really don't know that kind of have this oligarchy society with different races. Um, they're very reliant on slavery again. And also we don't know what they look like and their home world is apparently very nice. So in short, that's kind of what we learned about the brain next week. We're going to really deep dive into kind of the timeline, how the Federation first met the brain, how the Romulans, how the Klingons first met the brain, how do they deal with them now? There's not a lot of information after the Dominion War. We're going to do a little bit more research and we're going to really deep dive, get on our submarine of Star Trek knowledge and really explore that trench that is this mysterious race. So thank you so much for listening today. And Luna, if you will hit that button. Thank you guys so much for listening. And always remember, you can always rate, review, and subscribe us. We're on everything. We just got on Amazon. That's a That was something we were kind of going back and forth with them about. So we're on Amazon Podcasts now, if anybody listens to Amazon Podcasts. And another thing, my, my good friend Jason just wrote another great review on the show Wednesday for Netflix. So if you go to jasontalksmovies.wordpress.com, um, the Wednesday, I kind of agree with everything he said about Wednesday. I'm not a big Adams Family fan. My my wife is, and so I watched it with her, and I was really pleasantly surprised. I was like, this is good. You know, I mean, it's a little teenage angsty, you know, but I, it was kind of like a, what did Jason say? It was like a CW version of Harry Potter, and I was like 100% agree, but it is what it is. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, feel free to reach out to us on social media. We're all, always helping to... Uh, connect with you guys and it's great talking with you throughout the week and in between episodes but and again always remember second start of the right straight on till morning